again, I appreciate all of you set your clocks to be here on time. I know some are still sleeping, <laughs> but praise God for those of you who set your clocks early to uh, realize this is daylight savings time. This morning, I'm going to begin a new series. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me in your Bibles. I'm going to be at Romans chapter 12, but I want to just start a series. I want to talk it about embracing your place. I know that God has a place for every one of you, and uh, he has a purpose for every one of our lives. As a way of introduction, I want to read uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, out of the Message Bible. Listen to what it says. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew you. And I knew all about you. And before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you, a prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. You know, one of the most amazing things is that, you know, even before we were born, God had a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives. And, you know, one of the next to getting saved, the most important thing that you and I could ever discover is what is God's purpose and what's his plan for our lives. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah was a young teenager and that's especially for those of you that are young and young adults and teens. You know, uh, God wants us to give, un, give him our strength and give him our, the best of our life. Don't wait till you're uh, old and can't do much and then say, well, now I want to get saved. No, give God your best years and the best of your life. And I want to tell you, he will not only reward you, but he'll give you a life to the full. And uh, that was the life of Jeremiah. He was a young man and God called him and he gave himself fully to the Lord. But God had a purpose and a shape. Um, last week, um, I mean two weeks ago, a gentleman here named Paul Green. How many remember Paul Green uh, with the, tra with the uh, aviation ministry? He reminds me of somebody who's fulfilling the purpose of God for their lives. Uh, Paul uh, is a young man who lives in our community. He was in the Air Force um, and uh, became an air airplane pilot. Uh, repairman, aviation mechanic, and uh, but he got saved while he was in the Air Force, and he really wanted his life to make a difference, and uh, as a result of him dedicating his life to the Lord, God has used his spiritual gift uh, to teach, he's used his heart and his passion to empower young people, and he's used his ability as an airplane mechanic and a passion for aviation, and now he's not only have an aviation day, but he's training young people on how to fly and uh, fulfill their purpose. Come on, isn't that amazing? You know, they, 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 listen to me. Why, why I'm blessed at that is because sometimes we look at our lives and we say, well, I'm not a preacher, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. But I want you to know that every one of you are important, and every one of you have a purpose and a plan uh, that, uh, that God had for you even when you were in your mother's womb and God wants to use you for that special purpose. God has a, a specific purpose for your life. Um, when you and I get saved, the Bible tells us clearly that God sets us in a body. Paul used an analogy when he wanted to describe the church and he, just, he used the analogy of a human body. And I don't know about you, but is there any part of your body that you want to cut off? That you feel that's not needed. No, the reality is every part, no matter how minor, no matter how significant, every part of our body is important. And so Paul is saying, 
that you and I are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we're made up of different members. We're not all the same. We're all different. But God has a specific purpose for every one of you. And he's, he says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, he says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This is what the Message Bible says. As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it to be. You know, that, that verse, and this is where I get that title, have you embraced your place. Notice it says that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it to be. Before I begin, I want to ask you, are you, have you taken your place or have you embraced your place? Have you discovered what part you are in God's overall body of Christ? And are you doing your part to make a difference in your world? Because I believe that once we're saved, the greatest challenge we've given are to, to fulfill and discover our gifts and find and not only discover our gifts, but find our place in the body of Christ and begin to use our gifts. I also believe that one of the greatest strategies of the devil is to distract us and keep us from embracing our place. How many of the devil don't want you to get connected and discover your purpose and discover your place? And so I want to spend the next few weeks talking about how you and I can fulfill our place. I'm reading at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, here's our text, Romans 12, verses 1 through 6. I'm reading in the, in the New Living Translation. Would you mind? Let's read it together. And so, dear brothers and sisters, come on. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen. Listen, this was... Because he goes on and read verse three, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are, but be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts, but one body. And we all belong to each other. Listen to what he says. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. How many of you are, you, you are a Christian and you love God? Just raise your hand. You, you, you really know the Lord. Then listen to you. I want you to know that if you are a Christian and you know the Lord, then you need to understand that God has given every one of you a gift. Look at somebody and says, I have a gift. That's right. God has given you and I a unique gift. In other words, he says God has given all of us uh, an ability, a gift to do certain things well. And, and where we get our fulfillment in the happiest people in the world are those who learn how to discover their gift and begin to use it 
to serving God and fulfilling His purpose. So I want to share with you this morning, just as an introduction on how do we discover our part? How do we embrace our place? It starts with, he says in verse 1, we must dedicate our bodies to God. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. You know, God, we've heard it echoed throughout the worship service. God doesn't just want our words. He doesn't just want our lips. He doesn't just want our to a token of, of our lives. He wants our entire lives. He wants us to dedicate our lives to him. I'm 57. I'll be 58 this year. And uh, I made the greatest decision of my life as an 18-year-old young man uh, when I was a senior in high school. I dedicated my life to God. I will never regret it. It has been the greatest uh, uh, adventure. But, you know, at, at 57, you know, you could almost want to come to a place in your life where it's time to chill. It's time to uh, prepare for retirement. It's time to just uh, take it easy. But listen to me. I believe that dedicating our lives to God is not a one-time event. I believe it must be an ongoing, an ongoing dedication of our lives to the Lord. You know, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 10. He says, listen, if anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This, then he goes and say, if you hold on or if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. In other words, here's if, if you and I want to discover God's purpose, his plan, his dream, if we want to embrace our place, we got to be willing to relinquish our goals, our dreams, and our plans for his goals and his dreams and his plan. Because I've, I've learned that, guess what? You'll never experience what God has for you until you first surrender your life to him. It's a choice. It's a daily decision. You know, one of the things that uh, I'm at a place right now in my life, I've recently rededicated my life and said, God, whatever you want, my life, my dreams, my money, my finances, my family, I afresh, I dedicate it to you and say, Lord, whatever you want to do in the second half of my life, because I don't find retirement in the Bible. I didn't get too many amens. This American idea that, you know, I'm going to work 30, 40 years in the workplace, that I'm going to just sit back and, and, and watch soap operas and sit in a recliner. How many of you know that ain't God? That's the devil. I just, I just made some of you upset. That's all right. I believe that as long as you and I have breath, God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. You know, the Bible tells us that clearly in Psalms 92 that he intends for us to bear fruit even in our old age. In Psalms 92, he says, listen, he said like a, you're like, he says, Psalms 92, verse 13 and 14, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of their God. They will still bear, bear fruit in their old age and they will still be fresh and green. Somebody recently looked at me and said, Pastor, how old are you? You look like you're 30. I said, well, that's the Lord. <laughs> but you know, the reality is when we live for God, I want you to know as long as we have breath, we have purpose, and we need to ever be giving and dedicating ourselves to the Lord. And so if you want to discover your place, it starts with surrendering your life. It starts with saying, God, I give you my goals. I give you my plans. 
I give you my dream. You know, because for years I wrestled with surrendering. I, my mother got born again when I was, when we were still, I was probably a preteen or a young teenager. And, uh, and my mother would pray over us, God, I, I pray that you'd save them and let them know that you got a plan for their lives. And for the next several years, I ran from God because I really thought, you see, we got so many wrong religious thoughts. Growing up Catholic, I thought God would make me a priest and I'd never get married. And so I ran away from God. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Anybody beside me ever ran from God? <laughs> Anybody ever ran that, you know, you know, I had preconceived, I thought that God would take away all my fun. I thought that God would take away a life of enjoyment and excitement. I thought that God would, you know, you know, we have sometimes these ideas, you know, uh, of, but how I many you know Jesus didn't come to take away life. He came to give life and give it more abundantly. He came to give a rich, enjoyable, satisfying life. Can I have an amen? And, but we only discover the life that God came to bring when we surrender, when we give our lives. You know, when I surrendered my goals and my dreams and my plans to the Lord, it's amazing. It was only then that God revealed his plan, his goal, and his dream. You know, our dreams are too small. How I many you know God has, God has a dream for you that's so much bigger than what you could imagine? And it, but it only comes when we surrender. See, the condition of it where it says, it says, offer your bodies to God. Then you will know what is the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will. See, that's the condition. The promises of God are conditional. God wants to show you his plan. But how many you know you got to be willing to give your life to him? That's why Jesus said if you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. One of the greatest tragedies is to come to the end of our lives. And realize we never fulfilled the purpose why we were put on this earth. The saddest funerals is when you have to do a funeral for a person and he never discovered why they were really here. Isn't it a tragedy? See, it's not the length of one's life, but it's the strength of one's life. You, some people live 30 years and they accomplish more than some people live 90 and they never do nothing. I want you to know, it's not how long, but it's when you discover your purpose and fulfill your purpose, that's when you find real excitement and fulfillment in life. Can I have an amen? And so I want to challenge you, especially those of you that's young. Listen, um, you'll never regret surrendering your life to God. I believe when we give our lives and we give God our first and our best, he'll bless your life in ways that you never thought possible. The Bible says that actually when you come to the Lord, you're not your own. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 19, 6, 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is really the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, and you are not your own? Look at somebody and say, you're not your own. I want you to know that if you are a Christian, your life don't belong to yourself. You now belong to God. He purchased you with his blood. He, when he died on the cross, he died so that you would no longer live for yourself, but live for him who died for you. And, but, but how many you know it's a choice? Say it's a choice. And although Jesus purchased you, although he died for you, how many you know that he still gives us a free choice? And we must still voluntarily offer our lives for him. He'll never force you. He'll never make you give your life to him. 
It's a choice. Say it's a choice. And so the beginning of you and I embracing our place, discovering our purpose, it starts with you and I dedicating, offering our lives to God. The Bible says then we'll discover his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Secondly, if we're going to know and discover God's will for our life, we must allow God to transform us into the person he desires us to be. The word transform is the Greek word where we use the word metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis. You know how God, how, how, how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Many of you learned in, in bio, biology class or in science class when you were in grade school, the, the word metamorphosis and how that a caterpillar grows in a, can, a cocoon and uh, through a process we call metamorphosis, it is transformed and it begins to grow wings and it sheds its ugliness, and all of a sudden it becomes a beautiful butterfly. How many know that's God's plan for every one of our lives? He wants to transform us, but, it, but, but it's a process. The Bible says let God transform you into the new person, because listen, you cannot affect the world when you like the world. It got real quiet in here. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. One of the, tra one of the tragedies is that sometimes we begin to realize that we got gifts and we got abilities, but until we allow God to transform us, how many know that I, I often say it this way, giftedness without brokenness often leads to the greatest disasters in life. One of, the, one of the worst things you could do is be talented and never come under the submission of God. Because sometimes we, we, when we lose sight, let me give you an example. How many of you heard of the story of Moses? Many of you read about Moses in the Bible. We've seen movies about Moses. Moses was one of the greatest men in all the Bible. But how I many you know it didn't start out that way? Moses was... The Bible says he was trained in all the way of the Egyptians in Acts chapter 7. So Moses had been trained and programmed by the world. He was probably a warrior. He was probably a very man. Uh, uh, he, he had learned all the ways of the Egyptians. So one day he went out and he began to realize, I think he began to sense that there was a call of God on his life. That, that he was, though he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, though he was raised an Egyptian, he began to realize, but that's not my calling. But you know what? He saw two, uh, an, uh, an, uh, uh, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, who, which was his nationality, and he took matters in his own hand. You see, because he began to sense, I know God's calling me to do something, but because he had not allowed God to transform him yet, he took matters in his own hands, and the Bible tells that he murdered the Egyptian. And I want you to know that a lot of times we murder the plans of God for our lives when we have not allowed God to transform us. When we don't allow God to crucify our wills, we, we don't allow God to break the pride. You know, we all deal with selfishness and wrong ambitions. And, and you know, this is what I've learned, that God's plan for us, sometimes God will begin to show us his plan. But, I'm, you know, the way he brings it about is almost never the way we thought about it. Not almost. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. 
The, the living Bible says, my plans are not your plans. And sometimes we set out to fulfill the will of God in our own strength. But I want you to know it ends up failing because our ways are not God's ways. Let's read it together. Let's put, put up Isaiah 55, 8 in the, in the there you go. Listen, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Put the next verse. It says, for as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and so are my thoughts than your thoughts. The reason why we have to be transformed is because, you know what, the way we think sometimes, we've been, we, we're like Moses, we've been trained in all the ways of the world, and sometimes God, God has to get out of us our stinking thinking. God must allow us to be cleansed before we can use it. As long as you're eager, you know, the world is all about power, position, and possession. And as long as you're pursuing life, what's in it for me, I want you to know you're going to always stand in the way of God. You're going to always find yourself bumping against a brick wall because God's ways are not your ways. And sometimes, God, we, we got to come to the place of emptying ourselves. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 2. That is the way Jesus did it. The Bible says in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5, I think I have it on your handout. It says, do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Isn't that how the world is? Just all you got to do is scroll through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you begin to realize that the world is all about impressing others. That's the focus of the world. And as long as you and I are living according to the world, we're going to always do what's in it for me. Look at me. Look what I've done. But listen to what he says. Instead, instead, be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look only on your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. The Bible says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. The Bible says he emptied himself. He took upon the form of a servant. I want you to know that isn't it amazing that in God's kingdom, often the way up is the way down. And the way we discover who we are is when we descend. Somebody wrote a book called Descending into Greatness. Because in God's kingdom, there's a paradox. God says, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it. If you lose your life for me, you'll find it. God says, if you want to be great, you got to seek to be a servant. God says, if you want to go up, then you got to learn to take the low road. Think of Mother Teresa. She was sought out by ambassadors, kings, presidents. She's known as probably one of the greatest women of our generation. Mighty woman of God. How many of you ever heard of Mother Teresa? Many of you heard of Mother Teresa. Listen to me. You know what she set out to do? She set out to serve the least, the last, and the lowly. She set out to take care of the ones that nobody else wanted. All she did was say, you know what, I want to give my life to serving. And she went into the worst city in India and took care of the most uh, despicable, the most, the mo the, some of the worst situations. And she wasn't too proud to get her hands dirty. She just committed to be a, a servant. And because she served, Jesus said, if you want to be great, you must seek to be a servant. How many of you want to be great? Nothing wrong with wanting to be great. The problem is, is that God's way of about bringing about greatness is not about our way. And that's why we got to allow God 
to transform our mind. God has greatness on the inside of every one of you. When God created you just like he did Jeremiah, he shaped you. He didn't shape you for failure. He didn't shape you to be, to, to be an embarrassment. He shaped you for greatness. I want you to know that you have greatness on the inside of you. Look at somebody and say, you got greatness on the inside of you. But hear me. If you and I are going to ever discover what God has for us, it's going to require that we be transformed. God wants to transform you. And that is a process. The, just like a, a caterpillar must be willing to go into the cocoon and through that process uh, uh, where it, it is transformed, you and I, God uses, sometimes he uses circumstances, sometimes he uses trials. You look at the life of Moses, God put him on the backside of a desert to take care of sheep. But in the process of learning to be a shepherd over sheep, God molded him to be one of the greatest men of all the Bible. You look at the life of Joseph. At 17, he had a dream of one day being a great ruler. But how I many of God had to allow him to go into the pit or into prison where he formed him? So that's why I don't despise. If you find yourself in difficult circumstances, it's just a fact that God has just transformed you. I've learned that God often, you know, it, uh, he, not often, God uses crisis and trials in pain. Say pain. Anybody like pain? But isn't it amazing that God uses pain often to transform us into the men and women that he wants us to be. And if you and I are going to ever embrace our place, if you and I are going to ever fulfill the purpose that God has for us, number one, we must dedicate ourselves to God. Number two, we must we must allow God to transform us. And lastly, as I prepare to close, if you and I are going to embrace our place, we must honestly evaluate. Say evaluate yourself. Listen what it says. Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Measure yourselves by the faith and your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. You know, God has given you and I a gift. But I'm, you know, until you and I begin to honestly evaluate where you are, what, what he's given you, you know, you'll never discover it. Uh, I like the Bible's verse that says Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. One of the ways we evaluate ourselves is by just using what, what opportunities God presents. Listen to what it says. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. For in the grave where you're going, there's neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Let me just say, one of the greatest ways we discover our place is by getting busy and starting just where we are. If you and I will begin to put our hands, so many people sit on the, on the, uh, on the, let me say, sit in the stands waiting. Well, when I figure out what I'm supposed to do, then I'll get busy. No, if you'll just start getting busy, how many know God can direct you? God, listen to me. I've learned that God can direct you, you and I, when you and I begin to put our hands to the plow. When we begin to say, Lord, whatever your hands find to do, let me just tell you, when I first got saved, you know, at the, at the church we was a part of and we started having kids, they made you work in the nursery whether you felt called to work in the nursery or not. They made you change diapers and take care of babies. But you know what? 
a lot of times it was in the it was in the process of working in nurses, volunteering, whatever opportunity came. Well, we needed some people to go visit the prison. I was willing. We we need some people willing to go do this. And I've learned that sometimes just by committing to do whatever your hand finds to do, that's when you begin to discover what God has for your life. Sometimes people are waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. There's always opportunity. The Bible says in Romans 12, 6, having then, get, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is giving us, let us use them. You know, when I look at so much of the modern church and I read the Bible and I read how the early church, there's very little, um, I don't think they had a 10-point class on how to find your gifts. No, they encouraged people when you came to Christ, your life was no longer your own. You deny yourself, you take up your cross, you follow Jesus. Whatever your hands find to do, begin doing. You begin serving, and I believe that is in the process of just serving and loving God and being, endeavoring to make a difference. That's when we find the part and the place that God has for us. I believe that also we find our part as we connect with other parts of the body of Christ. In other words, you got to be connected in the body. Romans 12 says it this way. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of his chosen people. Each of us find meaning and function as part of his body. My finger realized how it's supposed to operate because it's connected to my hand. But if I cut it off, it loses its meaning. I don't care how good it looks. And the same with you and I are cut off from being connected to the body of Christ. We lose, look at some, we lose who we're called to be. If you want to discover your part, you got to get connected. Look at somebody and say, get connected. And I believe that if you and I will determine to, to allow God to, to, first of all, to offer our bodies to God, to secondly, to allow God to transform us, to thirdly, if we'll begin to evaluate what God has given, I believe we'll begin to discover the place that God has for us. Can I have an amen? I want to close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you that, Lord, that there are people today at all different places in their lives. And, and God, you know exactly where we are. Lord, you know that person who's held back and never really fully surrendered. I just want to say again to you, in the words of Jesus, if you hold on to your life, if you cling to the right to do you, you know, this is a big common phrase today, I just got to do me. Well, I want to tell you, if you hold to the right to do you, you're going to lose who God created you to be. But if you will relinquish your dream, your plans, your goals, then you'll find the life that God really has for you. And I want to just speak to those first of all. Some of you, you've been, you might be a Christian, but you've never been all in. You've never come to a place where you say, God, I surrender. I dedicate. 
I give my whole life to you. I'm not talking about on Sunday, one hour uh, while you're here. I'm talking about surrendering your life so that, God, you have my life on Monday when I show up for work. God, you have my life on Tuesday, Lord. God, you have my life on Wednesday. Lord, my whole life, my work life, my rising up, my going to bed life, Lord, my party life, Lord, my whole life, Lord, I give it all to you. And I believe until we come to that place that there's a full surrender we'll never discover and we'll never embrace our place. And so I want to speak to those here today, and you may say, Pastor, you know, I know that's me. I've never really fully surrendered. I'm still holding on my rights to have my plans, my dreams, what I want to accomplish in life. Jesus said emphatically that if you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. You'll come to the end of your life and you'll miss the life that God has for you. If you, but he did say this. If you lose your life for me, if you surrender your plans, your ambitions, your dreams, your goals, and say, God, not my will, but your will. He says only then you'll find the life, the purpose, the dream, the goals, the things that I have for you. It starts right there. And so I just want to pray. If you're here today and you're sitting down, I don't care where you are, what age you are, you said, Pastor, that's for me. That's for me. I know that I've held on. I've been reserved. I've been afraid that if I really gave it all to God, God might take away my fun. He might make me something I don't want to be. No, I want you to know God wired you. And his plan is going to always bring joy, peace, and fulfillment in your life. And if you're here today, whether you're young, whether you're old, and you say, Pastor, today, I want to offer my body. I want to surrender my all. I want to give my everything to him. Today, I want to surrender to him. If that's you, just slip your hand. I want to pray for you. I see that hand. I see those hands. Just hold it up. I just want to see who I'm praying for. I see those hands. Any others? Just sit down right now. Just If that's for you, just sit down. If that's for you, just hold your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray. For, I see those hands. Thank you. I'll thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, it starts right there. Would you do me a favor? I want to just pray for you first of all. Those of you that raise your hand and say, I want to offer my body. I want to give my all. I, want to, I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. Is there any young people? And you say, Pastor, I'm in school. It's never too early to surrender your all. God has a great, a marvelous, and an amazing plan. But it starts with you and I saying, Lord, I offer my body to you. Jesus gave his all so that we might give our all to him. Is there any young people say, Pastor, that's me today. I want to give my all to him. I'm willing to surrender my plans. I want to know his perfect will. Any of you here today and they say, that's the Lord speaking to you. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anyone? 